Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Podcast Juice. My name is Michael Dean. You're listening to Work It Like a Job. Joining me today is Mr. Big Sexy and Sex, or how are you? <laughs> I am doing well, ready to go, fully uh, satisfied with this week's comic-based viewing. Yeah, we definitely got a lot of uh, TV and movie content to get into, uh, comic book based. We are, we are living at a time where we're just getting hit back to back with like quality comic book related uh, content. It's crazy. I, I couldn't imagine being like, if I was a teenager now, like when I was like 13 and just couldn't wait for these movies, you know, you almost seemed like you had to wait years and they weren't all this that good, but back then they all just kind of seemed kind of cool. So I can imagine just being able to turn TV on and like every week something major like and good you know it's, it's, it's crazy they don't know how good they got it well, um, yeah well, before we get into that we both just watched a video uh little little nas x yeah we're going to get into it. little nas x uh, i think the song is called monetero uh, m-o-n-t-e-r-o yeah and then call me by your name and i'm sure by the time this goes up you've all heard about this video i think this video just came out what yesterday i think it's already sitting on like 11 million views wow uh, actually no it says 12 million even better <laughs> that's crazy so it's very popular very popular um uh little, little nas x did this now i have very limited you know i don't know his full story <laughs> um, but I know that he had the big hit with was it Old Time Country Road. Old Town Country Old, Road. Old Town. Old Town Road. I'm sorry. Old Town Road. Uh, this is how out of the loop I am. I guess. Old Old Town Road, and it was featured uh, with Billy Ray Cyrus was also yes. on that. Big hit. Big hit. I'm looking at the the YouTube video. It's 574 million views from a year ago. So it came out a year ago. That's crazy. So and very, this is the same song that Billboard magazine refused right. to list on the country charts. Right, right. Punk move on their part. And then uh, I think shortly, I don't know, shortly after, but it was after the song it came out. And then he came out and, you know, announced that he was, I, I, I'm, I'm assuming he said he was, uh, he was gay or. Yeah. I, I think that's, what, that's the right term. I want to make sure I'm using the right term. So he came out, and I think that point he even really even started to blow up. And I think the song even got bigger, and just was just all over the place. You know, it was doing all kind of stuff. And I want to say he's had a couple of other songs out since then. I, I'm just again, I'm just going off what I see here on YouTube. He's had a song called Holiday. Um, I'm sure there was some more. I, the song I am not familiar with the songs, but uh, I just know him from the first one. And now he's got another song out uh i'm just gonna call it call me by your name with a very uh provocative video <laughs> that's a good word to say it's an interesting video in the video uh i think it sort of culminates or you know goes to a head where he like goes to hell or something or goes to see the devil and he's like yeah. you know lap dances for the devil and uh, dropping it like it's hot, you know, all of that. 
uh, lap dancing for the devil. And then I think he he, he kills the devil in this and he yeah. claims the crown. Now, I already know off the top, and probably some people may even expect me to, he's, he, this is a conversation piece. I, the, the moment it drops online, people are like, whoa, this, you know, one way or the other, right? It's like either this, oh, he's pushing this agenda or it's, oh, it's stuff with the devil or you know, this, is this going to be something we want our kids to see? You know, these are, I would imagine, these are the conversations that pop off off of this. Um, I'm trying to think. What's, what do I take? What do I think about this? What, well, I'm gonna judge you by the music. The music, for me, it's not something that I would listen to. Um, I assume this would be categorized as just pop music, maybe, maybe pop rap. I don't you know. To me, it sounds so far removed from where my mind what I think hip hop is. So, but I can understand how it is. Sort of the lineage of this may have come from you know, rap, because I think he's a rapper, uh, essentially. But to me, the music seems like a pop song type of deal. I haven't really got deep into the lyrics. I'm not exactly sure what they're saying in it, but uh, just as I listen to it off the first glance, I'm like, oh, okay, it's not something I would, I would bump. The video, the thing that, drops, that jumps out at me, though, as I, and we were just watching again, I said, man, he's got quite the budget. Like, this is not like a lot of the videos you see today where they seem to be kind of very low-key YouTube shot or, you know what I mean? Like, this looks like a big-budget video. I know a lot of the CGI in here, but the costumes and the makeup and just the creativity of it, it's a very grandiose thing, which I'm looking at this, I'm like, okay, he's either filthy rich or he uh, has access to some very talented people Somebody's paying for this. Like this is not a it's not a low budget endeavor at all, right? So that's the thing that jumps me. I'm like, okay, he's definitely this is this is like about as mainstream as you can get. Um so I look at that, you know, in terms of the imagery and, and things of that nature, you know, I think it's an artist's place to be provocative, uh to incite conversation i think today we would call it trolling <laughs> you know we don't look back at madonna back in her heyday she was very good at putting out stuff that would make you batch it whoa 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 you know our prince you know uh I, to me he like when he decided to oh this is how i'm gonna get notice i'm going this direction you know i, I would say dirty mind it's like when he just oh, okay this is what's going to make me stand out. He went very provocative. You know, songs like Sister, Head. I mean, that's, I, I would argue a lot of that is a precursor to what we see today. Uh, so I understand that part of it. The thing that I would, that I, I guess catches me, and I just think we have to be very careful, is the influence of these artists are just as strong as they were back in the day when I was younger. But I would almost argue to say it's probably more stronger now because of the internet uh, when we didn't have that back then. Um, now, uh, things can be a lot more accessible. And as we can see, this video has only been up a day. 
and it's already like like i said what 12 million views or something like that so it's it's a very like the influence can can is very much there and and i would imagine he is a very young guy at least he looks like it i don't know his age but you know from my vantage point when he first came out i i figured oh this must be popular with the kids like you know it's youthful is 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 rap of of course i would imagine it's younger people that made this thing pop you know and then uh you know mainstream society catches on and it blows up now it's an interest i someone y'all can correct me and i could probably do this as i'm talking but was the original old town road did that originally feature billy ray cyrus or did he jump on to it afterwards because i'm then i begs the question how would he get in touch with somebody that's you know one of the big guys in country music if he was a nobody that would beg the question there must be something else going on but again i don't know the answer to that i don't know if if he jumped on afterwards when the song started picking up steam no i think he jumped on it initially well the song came out he got a lot of blowback from it and billy's like look i'll do it with you and then boom okay okay so it was okay and i think uh now i kind of reminded it it came out and it started getting some heat i think in the country world they were like what is this and then billboard was like showing their true colors (laughs) and billy ray was like nah i'm gonna jump on it now ban it now try to ban it is that kind of what now it's definitely country because right now got it okay that makes a lot of sense i think ampu was in the room uh just joined us. He can certainly jump so you in. Say I'm doing a quick drive-by. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, uh, we're talking about the uh, Nas X video. Uh, Call me by your name. Yeah, I didn't watch it. I saw. Oh, you haven't seen it? Okay. Of, I've seen a couple of gifts. You know, talking about the snake. I guess from Adam and Eve. Um, him dressed up as a devil, giving himself a lap dance. I just was like, okay, much like uh, Madonna with the erotica video, just to find my love. I'm gonna take a pass. I'm cool, uh, bro. If that's what you want, that's how you want to represent yourself. I don't know why, you know, do you? But I can't support that, sir. Okay, and and and, and yeah, well, I was just, you know, I was kind of just talking about the influences, the influence that the artists artists have today and i was saying like i think he originally came out you know obviously this champion by the young people and he's a young rapper blah 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 but i wonder the only thing that i could say as as a somewhat older person my question or my thought would be to say i hope that people like little nas x or cardi b which you talk about a lot uh who else megan Thee stallion some of these bigger artists who are definitely influential to younger people. And I now have realized they're very influential to grown ass adults. <laughs> Let's be very clear. I've met some, I've, 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 met, I've, been, I've met some adults that, you know, are very much influenced by the, uh, the themes of this music, right? So it's influential to everybody. I but, would say if oh, you're ahead. over 30, you should not be talking about having a hot girl summer. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. Well, so so this is the thing. My only thing is I hope that these artists are at least cognizant that they do and are influential to younger people. 
that doesn't necessarily mean it's their responsibility to, you know, they're not responsible for these young people per se, but I would think as you get older, you start to understand that your actions, whether that you're responsible for them or not, have consequences on other people, particularly if you are in a position of influence. And if you even just care a little bit beyond your own scope of family, you would maybe have you, you would at least keep that in your mind when you're making moves, because there will be a time when you are not the hottest thing. There will be a time when those same people who brought you up will shun you. Or they'll just ignore you. And all you're going to have now is your family and what you mean to the regular people as you see them and you see the uh, consequences of the themes that you presented to the world. And you can either see a great, helpful, and you contributed to the world consequence, or you might see a not so good consequence of your actions, though it may not affect you personally or your family or friends it may have had adverse effect to other people who are not blessed with the resources and lifestyle that you hold. And if you care about people, that should be of some concern, or at least it should play a, a second when you think about doing something. And all good leaders, I say good leaders of the world, should think like that because they should know like, yeah, if I'd say I'm going to push this agenda, this bill or law, this could affect other people who don't have the riches or the opportunities that I do. And I can care a little bit about that and make sure as best I can that I'm not just shitting on them or I just just don't care about them because it doesn't affect me. That's the only thing I could say for these artists today. And it's the same thing now. In hindsight, I would have said to the artists that were popping when I was younger, the princes of the world, the Madonnas of the world, the Easy es and all of that, I would have said the same thing to them. Because now looking back at it, maybe we shouldn't have been listening to some of that, that music without it being explained to us. Right. Maybe we shouldn't have had a song called and I'm going to use the guy that I championed. Maybe we shouldn't have had a song called Sister or maybe there shouldn't have necessarily been a song called Head that younger people was looping over and over playing. And we don't really understand all sides, as we like to say nowadays, the nuances of getting head or having sex with people you don't really care about or, or the songs never really talked about the emotional uh, part of yourself. You're going to give up to somebody that you're never going to get back. And some of us are, can be fine with that. Some people got hurt off of that, right? I'm sure there was a lot of men and women who messed around with some sex shit they didn't understand. They got, was influenced by music or whatever, and they didn't realize that they, what they got themselves into. Th those songs don't normally get made, or if they do, they're not promoted. We only promote one side of it. And so, I'm trying to, so just as Little Nas has the absolute right to do what he's doing, Cardi B has the absolute right to do what she's doing. I hope, and maybe they do, I don't know their discography, that they have messages or songs that illustrate the other side of that lifestyle too for the ones who 
just wanted to go out in the club and get lit and fucked around and took a date rape drug. And that part of the song wasn't in there when they ran the train on her or the young man who was, he'd do whatever it takes to get rich and didn't realize, fuck, I gave up part of myself to get some success and they don't care about me no way. You know what I mean? Like, that's when we need older people to be able to say, man, you have your fun, but no, listen, this is what you're getting into. (laughs) So, you you know what I mean? So you can have an informed thought. It ain't all just a party. You know, it, it, you can have your right to do something, but there's a cost. Um, well, go actually, ahead. Go ahead. I actually agree to you to some extent. Um, I feel like maybe since the arts and people that are uh, trying to uh, get rich by any means necessary, that they're not um, that they're not really thinking about, you know, again, those, those consequences. They're thinking, in fact, their whole thing is, is how do I get uh, how do I trend? How do I go viral? How do I get the most views for everything? And you know they're continually laying on, uh, relying on shocking, shocking um, attire, shocking lyrics, shocking videos, shocking performances. I can remember Lady Gaga who decided, yeah, I'm gonna go to the Grammys dressed in an all meat dress, literally raw meat. <laughs> and it's just all about the look at me and, you know, making sure that you stay in the public eye. And, you know, some, you know, all attention and good attention. Yeah. Uh, Big Sexy and Sack, I want you to also weigh in as well. <clears throat> well, you know, I got to co-sign with a lot of what I'm hearing. You know, a lot of this is about, especially in today's marketplace, it's about, and I hate this phrase, building your brand. Uh, when the song was announced, I do believe I read somewhere that uh, Nas X called it an open letter to his young queer self. And having seen it, okay, I can see that. And I just read the lyrics on it. You know, and the lyrics talk about, you know, I'm going to paraphrase, but the lyrics talk about, you know, you know you feel a certain way, but you're supposed to keep it under your hat. We don't have to do that here. Here you can be who you are. Just let it all out. And visually, you know, going back to Madonna's uh, early prints, I even go a step further. I go back to like something like, you know, Sylvester, maybe some Grace Jones, early Grace Jones. And if you want to make that statement, if that's who you are genuinely, hey, do your thing. Is it for everybody? No. But it's all music for everybody. No, but, you know, I remember being young, you know, more years ago than I care to admit, and a lot of the stuff that I was digging then, you know, my parents and people older, they were like, the hell are you listening to? What what the hell is this? So I get it. It's not for us, and that's okay. You know, uh, going back to when he first broke on the scene, his first song, Mike and I were talking about this a little bit, his first song. Uh, Old Country Road, was number one. And it was on the pop charts and the country charts. Before it hit number one on the country charts, Billboard is like, you know what? No. This doesn't embrace enough of country music elements, whatever the hell that means. And that was when Billy Ray Cyrus was like, you know what? Let's do this together. They did a remix. It blows up. You know, and when they asked Nas about 
that whole deal. He said, look, my song is both. You know, why can't you have a song that does both things? Well, which is a good point. You know, so now he's coming out with this one, which is going to get some definite conversation started. He's going to get some blowback because a lot of people are just uptight that way. You know, he's young, he's gay, and he's black. He's going to get some blowback. That's just the way it is. It's fucked up. But, you know, as far as a creative thing, hey, man, do your thing. If that's where, if that's where your art takes you, go with it. I got no problem with it. It's not for me, but he should still be free to do his own thing. Most definitely. Most definitely. You know, and this is a different time than when we was coming up or even before then. I mean, again, he's only had a few songs. Um, but the success has come very quickly, right? He's, he's has the opportunity to do things that a lot of cats would have never had a chance to do it this early on in the game at this level and to have this much attention. Um, so that's a, it's, a, it's a great thing. And again, he's on the backs of everybody who's came before him. You know, no, there's no doubt about that. Um, I, I'll say this about Little Nas X. I don't know much about it. But again, just looking at this particular video, he has to be a very clever and smart dude because I can tell there's a lot of symbolism and things that are put in this video I, I, I assume he is the one behind it there may be other people I don't know but whoever is doing this he's very smart it's, it's not a dumb thing like they know that this is going to get attention and I think this is the this is the difference of today where this type of thing done right is is everything the game is the song itself yeah. in my opinion yeah. is not even worthy of all of this it's not saying it's a terrible song it's just if i didn't know who this was i would be like oh this is some pop radio blah you know whatever <laughs> it's not a, to me it's just not catchy i don't have i don't hear anything that speaks to me just listening to it but the visuals of it is what it is all about and he's a he obviously is brilliant at that he must understand how like viral shit works. So you can't take nothing away from these cats. You know, I think Cardi B is in the same place. Like they very much understand what it's going to take to be noticed. Um, I guess the question I just said, yeah, and, and this is no different than the artists who came before them. You got to be very careful how far you're going to push it just to be successful. Um, because again, when I remember when Easy and them came out, for me, I couldn't believe it. I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, they're talking crazy. It's not that I hadn't heard about what they're talking about, but we just never did that out in the open like that. And that they're actually playing that, you know, that was shocking to me. I, I, I thought that that was an, a, a, uh, an assault, a, an offense toward hip hop. I was like, this is not real hip. Like, what the fuck are these guys? You know, they sound crazy. But the music was so infectious. It was good. And I think, you know, other things came into play to push that. But there, and the same with Prince. I'm, when he came with the Prince that we know, you know, it was like, yo, this dude is, who is this cat? He's crazy. Like, oh, he's, you know, nasty. Da, da, da. But the music was bomb. And like, he was obviously a genius. But it was, again, like, how do I push it to stand out? From everybody, I don't want to just be another black artist. Okay, what do I do to make myself 
stand out from the crowd. So you always have artists are always going to sort of try and use shock value. I just think we're now at a point where the entire thing is shock value. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it, I'm curious to see, you know, what's it going to be like 10 years from now? Like, and I think I've joked about this before, but I'm not actually joking. Like you probably have the rapper or whoever is going to be on stage and whatever the stage capacity is at that point, And I'm going to be doing the most outrageous like, if you think this is outrageous or WAP was outrageous, you haven't seen anything yet. They, they have to keep escalating it to the next level. And again, I'm not shitting on the new artists because they are just literally an extension of what came before. And the people who came before, they pushed the boundaries at their time. But what they did now would almost seem to be passe today. So it has to continue to ramp up to the next level. So you, you literally have a, uh, a young black male, uh, uh, gay, which traditionally would be, was not, you know, you didn't traditionally see that. And even that is passe, because that's all over the place. But now I'm going to play with sort of, you know, religious Christianity type imagery or just God, devil type Im imagery that's some wild stuff, but I can only imagine what's going to be the next. Who's going to have to shock it even more? Because this now that this is done, this is going to be nothing. You know, now WAP is here. That's going to be nothing. So it'd be very, very interesting to see what what they would do next just to get some fame. You know, and I I pray till I'm alive to see. <laughs> what it, I'm gonna be like, man, they got this brother literally sucking on stage at the Grammy. Wow. And there'll be some people who are so, you know, they almost will be shamed into championing it because it's like it would be so like seen as cutting edge. And if you seem like you're against, you will get shamed. So they'll be, well, he has the right to do that. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Like, wow. Well, again, this isn't new, man. You know, we go back, <clears throat> you know, to the 50s when Little Richard came out. Right. People are like, what the hell? You know, mm -hmm. so like you said, someone's going to take it a step further and a step further. And, you know, then you get up in the 70s with David Bowie and Kiss and stuff like that. Right. And now we got this. <clears throat> and again, that's cool. That's cool. So Ozzy, there's always going to be people out there. Talk about Ozzy. Ozzy. <laughs> yeah, Ozzy. Biting bats and shit. You know, and now you got this guy. And the thing is, for every person who does something like this. There's always going to be haters out there. Oh, well, they shouldn't be allowed to do this, blah, 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 blah. And that controversy always will generate sales. Always. Right. Which is what these companies want, right? Which that's is what they want. The, the whole point. But th that's the thing for me. It's like, and I'm all about capitalism. But again, going back to what I was saying about if you just have some sort of like care about the effects of this, again, a crack dealer is going to make money. Yeah. Damn the effects of <laughs> what that may do to the country. <laughs> I'm going to be rich. But that's the mindset I'm saying. Like, yeah, you can do whatever to make. It's going to make money. But I, I think at a certain point for us, again, I think for a civilization to be at somewhere where it's a, not a level playing field, but it can't just be the top people on the top benefiting off of 
you know, the pain or the struggle of those underneath it, and then they monetize that, that's a very dangerous place. And I don't think, I think at, in terms of where we've been at in times, this is the time where that type of thing is at its height. You know, I don't know if we've ever seen it. And, you know, this will lead us to a different conversation. But even if you just look at the civil rights movement, it was not monetized like it would be like it is today. You know, Malcolm X is, was not doing corporate deals. No, Martin Luther no, King was not. was not on the whatever equivalent of some music award show or whatever it was. You know, those people were hated. They was actually fighting for the shit, not just to what it could get a book deal or do all these other commercial things. But now we're at a time where all of that pain and revolution talk or whatever the struggles is with women rights, gay rights, you know, Asian rights, whatever it is, now it is all monetized. And again, anything that will make money, they'll do. So if there's money to be made in Black Lives Matter, you're going to have corporations that are going to be like, who? Uh, that's Okay. We don't really care about what you're talking about, but it can make us money or it may look good for our brand. I think that's where you kind of get in a dangerous place. So one of these artists, yeah, I can put my art out there and I want to be provocative. The only reason he's he's allowed to be provocative like this is because it's making people money. <laughs> that's what I'm trying. You see what I'm saying? Like, I'd be curious if these people that he actually works with that fund this care about whatever he's talking about they probably just care no. that it's going to be provocative so that's the thing the bottom line yeah the ramifications of who this may affect doesn't affect them they just care about the money and that's what we have to be careful of that's, that's kind of my overall point is yeah it can make some money but how far are we willing to go to make other people some money and we might be the ones and i say we i'm speaking in general terms but there'll be those who will try to live the themes and moralities expressed in this music and ain't getting paid and they're either going to have a good or bad situation. How many people got into gangs and foolishness after they watch colors or boys in the hood or menace of society? Oh, that's how they do. Okay. I'm doing, I'm sagging too. I'm gonna get out here and claim a rag gang banging were never in their neighborhoods, but now they just like Compton and who got rich off of it. Right. And then when it got too heat, the people who got rich just wiped their hands up and move on to the next thing. And the people who listened to that music and started living that shit, they either dead or in prison or, man, I'm finally getting my shit together. Or I got five kids. You know, I was, I, yeah, I was dropping, you know, do the brown, all that. You know, I was living that life, banging, smashing hoes and got chicks pregnant and they eating up my check. So that's so yeah, we just don't want to. We don't want to be the uh, the yeah. We don't want to be the ones who fell victim to somebody else's corporate money designs, and they just used our pain and struggle to to, to get there. That, that's that's just the thing that I think about when I listen to music and and I see what's popular. Like man, I hope I hope we don't uh, we're not being used. And yeah, it's great that the one person who's rapping or the two people who are rapping, they're highly successful, but just be clear, they successful, you ain't. <laughs> and I know you champion <laughs> them because you see yourself in them, but be very clear. 
They kids ain't going through what your kids is going. They in the private schools and the best of everything. They're straight. You ain't. So just when you understand when you're cheering for and you feel like you have to cape for them, understand that they're not caping for you. <laughs> they just want your money. So that you know, we gotta be very and that's the that, again, that was the difference between when you had the activists and the people. Even some rappers of back then was doing it and putting in messages to some of the rappers who just said, oh, I know I can get paid doing some gangster rap. Oh, we're going to rap all of that. We don't give a, you know, we're going to talk about killing niggas and we don't care about, you know, this is how we're going to get paid. Hammer. You think Hammer was like that? The man did an album on death row. Right. I don't think the album came out though, but. Yeah, did what pumps and pumps and the single right came out. Oh, so the album didn't. Come but out? that was before Death Row, if I'm not mistaken. No, 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 no. How's Death Row? Okay. <clears throat> well, I mean, he, Hammer never put out a gangster album. No, no. But you know, and, and we're obviously in the other whole other conversation. But you know, just like uh, even when there was gangster rap initially came. And, and to my mind, when I say initially, I'm talking about like NWA, even Ice-T. They was not just talking about just doing crimes. Like they were showing you the other side of this shit, too. You know, they was talking about losing at it or you could die. And they was also glamorizing, but they was also showing you the, the, the downsides of it. I think the difference between NWA and Ice Cube Ice Cube was talking about, yeah, this is what the dope man does, and da da da. But he also was influenced by Chuck and Public Enemy, so he came with songs that were like, "I'm gonna talk about us. I'm gonna talk about what we shouldn't be doing this shit, and talk about why are we doing this shit." As opposed to, I feel like N.W.A. just when he left, just only glamorized it, in my opinion, more so that it was just about glamorization. You know, even even early Death Row. Uh, most of it was just glamorization of the lifestyle and didn't always talk about the other sides of it though they did have those records um, or the difference between the Tupac yeah he was talking about the glamorization of it but he also talked about the struggle of it and, and why we're doing this and, and why are we killing each other and you know going against white supremacy and stuff so he had that but once you eliminate that talk of it and just let it be just the glamorization then it's something else so it's it's always been going on but it, you know I, I remember when uh we used to clown the uh the calvin butts he was the, the preacher dude that you would build those gangster rap cds <laughs> and uh what's the what's the uh, older black lady who tried to Take down Death Row early on. Dolores uh, Tucker. Dolores Tucker. You know, he's kind of shitted on them. But now that I'm in my 50s, I can be like, I see what the elders was trying to do. They may not have went about it the right way. But I understand now why those older people were showing that type of energy. And I'm glad that they did. You know, and I was the young person against what they was doing. But now I see. Whew. Yeah, there needs to be some checks and balances because... The guys paying the paying these artists that the tops of the hit record company, they could give a fuck. They want to keep that madness going because they're making big bread. They don't care about the 
outcome of it. So it's only up to the, the elders, the older people that's in the real community to be like, eh, we love what you young brothers is doing. But there needs, you know, we need to come to the table on this. Like, you need to, you know what I mean? Like, can't just, they're letting you run wild. And we understand, and you need to understand why they are. And let me tell you from your own, your family's perspective, like, you can do what you do, but let's have some thought behind this. And, you know what I mean? There are some consequences. You don't have to agree with me, but at least hear me. Don't, don't let them just have your ear. Let me have your ear too. And then you can make a decision. And I think that's what we continue to have to do now. And with the internet, I think you, you get to hear the other side, even if you want to call them haters or you don't, you disagree with it, at least just as the little Nas X's and everybody else has their right to say what they want to say, the other side should have a right to say what they want to say too, right? I, I think I've been, I've been going on a little long, so. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Uh, and Poo, did you want to jump Add anything else to this? I think you said you're in the car or something. Yeah, um, not much more I can add. You, as usual, you are on point. And uh, I've been delivered in the sense of, <laughs> in the sense that I'm going to let um, people that speak negatively on this music, allow them to until there's certain things that are better. Because like, you, like you're stating, you know, we're fighting the the world of yeah we can say whatever we want while other non in the hood non hip hop culture people are making millions off of it yeah yeah but yeah it's and it's a, it'll be an ongoing thing you know it's, it always has been but but I'll say again salute to little Nas X uh salute to Cardi B's or whoever else they are doing their thing i can't be mad at it can't be mad at it, you know, not at all. I look at, I looked at that video and I look at it from a different lens at this point, but I just see like a young boy in it. And I'm like, man, I, I can just pray that his family uh, is well taken care of. And hopefully, I don't know his family situation, his parents, uh, I, I, I assume they are there with him and loving him. And if that's the case, great. Um, I just hope they have that same care and prayer about us. Uh, but uh, I want to see them be successful. Um, he just, it's funny when I look at him, he just looks so much uh, to me as this the young black boy. And I just, I'm like, man, I hope he really understands the context of just his imagery and what it means to people one way or the other. That, that's all I can say. You know, my heart goes out to that young brother. I, I, I assume he's living his best life. So that part, I can only hope that that's what it is. That, that's it. All right. Just going to get that out the way. Real quick, since I'm on my preacher shit, I, I, I have, I'm going to throw this idea out there. I was, what was I? I was listening to some prints last night, as I often do. And I was like, uh, I remember... I know what Prince and people like him mean to me and why uh, I wonder who these people are today. I know they exist. And what I'm talking about is this concept of the, the black genius boy. What I mean by that is there's always been, and I think it's been with, and I'm just, because it's from my lens, of there was the, always the black guy and he was a young kid and he was like, that motherfucker's a genius. It's like whatever that one thing that he does, 
he mastered that and he was the shit. And you always we always acknowledged and uplifted the the genius cat, whether it was. Um, when I'm going to use Prince as an example, you know, he was a young prodigy. He was a genius. You know, it was like, oh, this dude is gifted. You always uplift the, the, the young kid who was really good and he's going to do his thing. And he came out with some unorthodox shit that was just, it spoke to us. And Prince was like, that man, that dude is a genius. Everything he do, he pushes the limit. Sometimes he's right on point with our consciousness. Sometimes he's a little ahead of us. But it's always like, damn, that was some different shit. Like, and even when you heard it and you didn't catch it at the time, you can go back and listen to it now and be like, you know what? I was tripping. <laughs> I'm glad he went that direction. That shit is tight. Uh, Michael Jackson, another black genius. Stevie Wonder. There's the name. You know, Stevie Wonder was one of the first, not the first, but another black genius. Like, goddamn, he mastered something and it was great for the world. We we loved it. And I watched uh, half of the James Brown movie, Get On Up. I hadn't seen it since I saw it in the theater. I for, that shit is good. Yeah. I was yeah. like, I was like, this is a genius on a genius. James Brown was a black genius. Like that kid, that man who was so gifted and so different, it was mesmerizing. He had a Ray long Charles. run. And then looking at Chadwick playing a black genius, I was like, fuck, Chadwick is a fucking genius. <laughs> like, he's embodying James on this. This is ridiculous. You mentioned Ray Charles, another one. Um, Teddy Riley. Again, that genius, he comes in and changes the sound. Like, whoa, this kid. It was, it was always this kid. It becomes this thing. You know, like, it's just a thing. Um, Kanye West. In today's connotation, he is a genius. And you look at that, you know, oh, he's not the he's not the actual richest black man. Well, sure, whatever. But you mean to tell me the the kid who was doing beats, he is now at the upper echelon <laughs> and all this other stuff? Genius. In today's world, yeah, I, he is he's one of those geniuses. Um his name is is forever marred, unfortunately, because his his idiotic actions. But R. <laughs> Kelly is a musical genius. He is a prodigy. Moved a generation. Just, you can't argue with listening to the discography versus his life was two different things. But he was another one. Uh, Timberland, Pharrell. These guys are all that same type of thing. It's these those like. They, they're the shit at what they do. Their shit sounds different than everybody else's. But they're that, you know, they're part of that lineage. Um, even Jam and, Jam and Lewis. They're like the, the geniuses together. And who was the, the brothers with Motown that were the same type of thing? Um, you mean the writers or producers? Throw me some names. They, were, they wrote a whole bunch of stuff for Motown. Oh, shit. Uh, Holland Dozier Holland. Holland Do yeah. Same. Black Bar genius. Barrett Strong. Black genius. Uh, all of cats. And then you want to go to the to the left a little bit. Uh, my guys over at Philly International, Tom, yes. Tom Bell. Yeah. Uh, with Gamble and Huff, weren't they? Can we get, thank you, Gamble and Huff. Yeah, yeah man. Michael Jordan. <laughs> Obviously. Black genius. Magic Johnson. 
there's always these guys, man, that when, and I don't, and again, I'm not saying other people don't do it. Of course they do. But I just think it's very distinctive when it's the, the young black guy is the black genius, man, he can become the, he'll become an icon in whatever they do. And they do it at the highest level. You know, it's at the highest level where they're influential. You know, uh, same way that Kobe Bryant was influenced by another, you know, Jordan, he became a genius at what he did. Tupac Shakur. Genius. Uh, and there's probably, you know, there's many other, I was speaking more on a pop culture stance, but, you know, Spike Lee. Genius. At what he does. And nobody can't make a Spike Lee movie like Spike Lee. You know, all of these guys made very specific art that was specific to them and that you could only be influenced or you could try to copy, but you couldn't necessarily do it better than them. You are doing them. You see what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, Tyler Perry. Neil deGrasse Tyson. is another one. I mean, the list is long. <laughs> yeah. But it's, 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 it's a, it is, I was just thinking about it. I said, it, it is a thing. Though. I don't, and I, I don't, sometimes I don't even think about it. But when I sit back and think, like, that is a, it's not, it's not a trope, but that is one of the things that we have to do to uh, make it in this, this, you know, this society here is that we have, when we do, we excel to the highest level. And whatever that thing is that you do, you know what I mean? Uh, Johnny Cochran, you know, he excelled to the highest level to being a lawyer. He had to. You don't get it. You don't. Mediocrity is not celebrated like that. In some ways today it might be. And that's why I was like, man, who's the where's the, the those genius dudes, man, like. The cat that you just say their name, no matter where you from. Oh, yeah, he's the shit. Even if you don't like them, you can't front. That motherfucker's the shit. He be doing some, you know, can't nobody do his shit. When you, when you see it, you know who it is. When you saw somebody, when you saw Jordan play, ain't nobody playing like Jordan. Nobody dunked it like that. Nobody did it like that. Went that hard or whatever for that long. Nobody did Prince like Prince. Nobody did James as good as James, there's many people influenced, but they would you wouldn't James. You 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 have a little Stevie in you, but you're not Stevie Wonder. You're not Ray Charles. But yeah, man, we always have to acknowledge the the, the, the genius, and I and I sound like I think I'm not saying I'm one either, but I understand. I was thinking about, man, why do we do some things the way we do? And I'm like, you know what? I was always influenced by the cat who always went hard and tried to be the best at the shit, you know? It's like, man, what, what's, what, what do you get that desire to just to, to try and be at a high level with? Man, because I always, I love Dr. Dre. I love Teddy. I love da 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 they, And those guys always, they was known for top quality shit. You know, the shit they did was always Malcolm X. He didn't never half, he didn't half ass it. And whatever he was, if he was just talking, 
he was talking at the highest level he could. You know what I mean? He didn't just get up there. Oh, okay, let me see what's going on. It's not, man. He went hard body. Michael Jackson went hard body. He didn't ever get up there bullshitting. Even if he didn't like this shit. You, that motherfucker can dance. <laughs> like, can't nobody, can't, you can't deny it. You know? No matter what it is. Sly Stone was a genius. Like, he, he, he was on his shit. You know, George Clinton and all of them cats. They could have been high out their mind, but couldn't nobody outdo what they do. And they was at the height of their shit. And they attracted other geniuses. <laughs> Bootsy, Bernie, all these cats. So, yeah, man. That's that's a that's a thing we got to that's something we always got to do. We always got to use cats in the corporate world who excel at a high level because they ain't got no other choice. L.A. Reid ain't got no other choice but be the top at what he was doing at that time. Barack Obama. Hate love or hate policies or whatever. Salute, because he rose to the highest level and, and he didn't get there being mediocre. He understood he had to be a genius at what he did to make it that level and set the bar. Like, okay. You know, I agree with everything you have just said, but I think there's one little element that got to throw in there as well that maybe gets overlooked. Genius, yes. But a lot of people have that type of potential but then it's putting the rubber to the road you got to be about that work you know there are so many people who have been given or acquired an opportunity and just piss it away you know and i'm mm -hmm. not not going to name names today because we're not going to get into that but your talent can carry you so far your work ethic, your drive, your desire, your passion, that will push you the rest of the way. When you have both of those things, when you have talent and drive, oh, shit, just get out of the way. It's a wrap. You know, I'm going to quote, you know, The Rock. Uh, there's a picture of The Rock running around. I've, I've got it on my phone, too. He said, in 1995, I have $7, in my seven bucks in my pocket. I knew two things. One, I'm broke as hell. The other... One day I won't be. There it is. Yeah. Do yeah. He's your thing. Example. Do the work. Yeah. And well, everybody that I mentioned, they known for putting their work. They've yes. they, they're the sacrificers. They're the ones who sacrifice things to get to that. They practice all the time, rehearse, whatever you want to call it. So yeah, you're right. You you have to. That's what made them genius. You know, they have the ability, the talent, but they were different because they all put in the work, like year after day after day you know what i mean like and that's the thing man that's that's you're right that's the part that's the other part of it that work ethic has to be strong the determination has to be strong so yeah like all those like just think of any of those guys man uh you've heard stories where they you know taskmasters i was yep. watching that james brown i i forgot like man I, i've been i'm so used to hearing these stories about prince being hard that's where it come from right there. I'm like, JB he was, wasn't kidding. Yeah, he was right. not bullshitting, man. <laughs> it 
Like, this is what I want. God damn it. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah. And when he fired the band, they were like, get out. I can get somebody else. Not stopping and, nothing. And again, you look at Michael Jackson, you know, that scene and this is it. Guys playing the song oh, a certain yeah. way. And Mike's like, uh, I wrote it. I know what I want. <laughs> there it is. Yep. <laughs> I love that part. <laughs> Yeah, man. So anyway, just salute to everybody that puts in the work. It is not uh, not in vain. Not in vain. All right, man. Shit, dude. I just spent the whole hour preaching. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> hey, man, you got to get it out there, man, because you know, people got to know. You have to tell them. Some, sometimes we all, myself included, need to be told and reminded, look, you can't half-ass your way through this, man. If you're going to do it, go do it. Yeah, I need to hear that too. I need to hear that too, man. Let's get it. We're gonna shift gears. Let's talk about some of this. Uh, oh, go ahead. You want to say something? No, no, shifting oh. gears. <laughs> uh, let's jump into Invincible. So we have finally, yeah, yeah we finally uh, have seen the debut of uh, Invincible. Invincible this is a TV show on Amazon Prime, and it is based on the Invincible comic book by. Robert Kirkman, and you recognize his name from The Walking Dead. This is another one of his creations. Uh, this was a comic book series. Gosh, I don't remember when it debuted. Uh, 2001? Okay. Ish? It was like 100 and something ago. issues, I want to say. It's a finished book. It's a whole run. Yeah. Uh, it's been going for years, and it was great, great comic. Uh, I know we talked about it on Geeked Out before. Um, and now it is a TV, an animated TV show, which I would have never have imagined. I would, I always thought maybe they could do a movie on this live action, but I would have never thought they'd do animation. And uh, my just quick off the top watch, I've watched the first three episodes. Those, that's what has been released. Uh, phenomenal! Like I was edge of my seat, and I know the story of this, but you know, there's changes <laughs> in this that that first episode. That is such a greatly paced episode, and then it hits you in the gut when you get to the finish line. And I was just, I was like, "Wow!" I was like, "Okay, this is a TV." I was like, "This is a this is a cartoon." Like, I don't think I've ever watched an animated show that hit me that hard where I was like, it was a real movie or something. So I was like, all in with this. Uh, I was beautiful, beautifully done, and great. Um, Big sexy. What did you think about it? You know, I loved it. Uh, <clears throat> I've had an opportunity to speak with Robert Kirkman a few times, and I've made uh, some friendships within the Skybound organization. And Robert's one of those guys, just a genuinely nice dude. If, you, if anyone ever met him, if you met him now, and if you met him like 100 years ago, back when he was just breaking in, he's the same dude. He's one of those guys. And so I'm glad he did this. The book went to 144 issues. It ended three years ago. God, it doesn't seem like it was oh, that wow. long ago. And it's just great. It's one of the best books out there. I came across it when Kirkman was writing Ultimate Marvel Team-Up, and he somehow got away with putting Invincible in that. Hmm. It was a regular Marvel Team-Up, team up, but he got Invincible in that. That was where I learned of the character. I'm like, oh, okay, let's go check this out. And I was done. I was hooked all day. Um, the story is the story. He can introduce all the characters. I geeked out when I saw a lot of them. I will own that, <laughs> you know, and 
he put it all, he did make a couple changes before we get into that, but this was just out of the park great. This was the same feeling I got when I first saw Batman the Animated Series of 92 at WonderCon in Oakland. It was like, okay, this shit's just changing the, the whole deal here. And he really knocked the hell out of it. He really did. Yeah, and just to, to give a little bit of the story, it, it's essentially it, it takes place in a world where there's superheroes. And the, the main uh, character in this is, I know his name is Mark. What is his last name? Grayson. Mark Grayson. And his dad is almost like a Superman type of a superhero. And Mark is a, a teenager. Uh, and he starts to develop powers. And then, so it's kind of about him developing powers his dad's a superhero. There are these superheroes all throughout the world and villains. And it's, you know, it, a, a lot of it has, you can see the DNA, a little bit of a Peter Parkerness, a little bit about him. But I don't want to spoil too much of it. It was essentially it's like him becoming a hero type of a story. Um, I, as I was watching it, actually, it reminded, I was telling my son about it. And I said, you know what? This may remind you, son, of is uh, My Hero Academia, if I'm saying the name right, a very popular anime show that deals with superheroes that go to like a superhero school to learn how to be superheroes. I saw little pieces where I think for people that are so into that show, I think you'll, you, can, you can see this and you're going to find something you're like, this is obviously more adult, <laughs> invincible, but it has that same kind of DNA of the superheroes, but it's just told in a way that you normally don't see superheroes you know marvel would never do what invincible does <laughs> no <laughs> but, but but invincible has a, a thing that happens in this where you're like where you'll be like okay i never saw that coming and wow you know it's very graphic uh, but it still maintains it's it's interesting it, i actually say it, it reminds me of like what i was just talking about the nas x thing you could look at this and think that this is for children. No. No, I'm saying if you didn't know what it was about and you visually saw. Oh, yeah. yeah. A, I could see a parent not knowing, you know, they see this on Amazon Prime and just looking at how it's advertised and what it looks like. Oh, yeah, my kids go, watch, you know, y'all watch this. And, you know, not knowing what the hell it's going to turn into because <laughs> it, <laughs> it looks like it's a normal Saturday morning cartoon. It's very colorful. The comics was the same way. It looks like it's a yeah. normal comic book, but it is anything but that, you know, and that's the beauty of it was that it, it, it wasn't dark and gloomy. It was bright and bright colors and heroes, but they were doing with these elements that were very adult, very violent, and, but it was just done in a way where it wasn't like brooding, if, if that makes any sense. And And I, like I said, I love this, like, this was really good. I just the voice acting was excellent on this. I, I was sitting there looking. Yeah. At, I was like, I'm, God, like that sounds so familiar. Some of them I was able to call out, but the one that shocked me was Mark Hamill. And I looked, I was like, Oh, yeah. that's Mark. I was like, yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> one of the things I want to shout out to is the lead guy, uh, Mark Grace, is played by Stephen. I'm going to butcher his name. Right. Stephen Yun. 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 Shit. You know what I mean. <laughs> the yeah, guy yeah. who used to be on um, Walking Dead for a number of seasons. 
And he is also on the cover of GQ magazine this month. So shout out to Steven, man. Okay. Do your thing, dude. Do your thing. Um, the Omni-Man character is played by J.K. Simmons. The man can't get enough yeah. of superhero stuff. Yeah. But as much as I love J.K. Simmons, I think Tom Selleck would have been better in that role. Hmm. I can't think of Tom I, I maybe mean, I'm just picturing a cheesy mustache. He looks like he could look like Tom Selleck. I yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and um, they got the characterizations down. There's one of the members of the new Guardians of the Globe, Rex Splode. They got him perfect. <laughs> yes. Perfect. They even gave him the douchey man bun. I mean, they got him cold. Perfect. I can't. I can't imagine anyone being better portrayed from the page to the screen than this guy. You know, they, they, they got all the characters in, but they did make one change uh, thus far. Well, two. One, dude, they changed Science Dog to Seance Dog. Right. I wonder what that was about. I looked it up a little bit, and I think there would have been some copyright beef if, if they, had they had gone that way, because there was a dog food that says Science Dog or something like that. Uh, interesting. So, like, you know, okay. let's not even get into that. Hmm. You know, and they did change one race. Uh, Amber is now a black girl instead oh, of being a okay. blonde girl. Yeah, yeah, that's actually the, her voice is. Uh, that's Zazzy, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I thought that that and, was and, different because I was like, I don't remember a black girl on here. <laughs> <laughs> like, I had no problem with that. I was just like, oh no, damn, no, am no, I getting no, old? No. I don't remember. <laughs> You know, then they introduced the rest of the team, and whew, he, damn, there was just so much to unpack there. Uh, are we spoiling? I mean, like, when I say spoiling, I mean spoiling, like, the whole premise of the book. No, let's give people a chance, because I think, okay, I think cool. there's a lot of people who are not familiar with Invincible, so. Yeah. Highest possible recommendation, though. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting, as, like, like, we know the story. I, I feel like they're capturing perfectly, though, the story beats, even though they're introducing him a little earlier, changing things around. I have no problem with what they're doing so far on these no, three episodes. No, because they're, they're keeping it, you know, 100. They really are. Yeah. Like, just, they, you get right into the Guardians. Uh, was it Cecil character? Cecil, my man. They, they, yes. I, I was like, man, this is exactly how I would have pictured him talking and sounding and, and performing. And uh, not having it at all. Yeah, a robot <laughs> I thought was great. Yep. I hope they go into the robot story. I think they got to. Yeah, that'd be a, they have a to. great. I can you see know, Monster great. Girl, they got Mon to. Yeah, that's, that'd be so good. Uh, yeah, there's so much stuff. they. Uh, it's interesting. This is probably the best translation from a comic book to, you know, a video medium that I've actually seen. I think this is the perfect this is the most truest. I agree. You know. I agree. Spawn was close, but Spawn, when they did that cartoon, didn't have that many issues under the belt either. Mm. It's, yeah, know, that's it, right. I, that, that animated series is excellent. I forgot about that. And like you said, you know, this is bright and vibrant where Spawn was dark. Mm -hmm. Everything was dark. And that's cool because that's what that book requires. Um, you know, I'm thinking some of the other image cartoons. Wildcats was garbage. I never saw Savage that. Savage Dragon was okay. There was a Savage uh, Dragon cartoon? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I had no idea. 
Oh yeah, uh, there was that one from Malibu Comics, uh, Ultra Force. That was okay. Hmm. A lot of the Marvel stuff has been hit and miss. More misses than hits. You know, the only people who are in this in this ballpark are DC with their straight to home video stuff, and that is even outdone by this. Yeah, this and this blows something. out. Yeah, this blows that shit out. This is how they. This is how this the is how DC should one should have been. Like this is close to the books. They made changes to make it necessarily flow for TV, but I feel like every character they show was spot on. Yeah. And just like, I was like, wow. And everyone's given their little thing. I mean, I loved how they were showing little bits of the Guardians of the Globe on that first episode to yep. set everything. I was just like, God, this is great. Just every, even this is these little bits to see who these characters are a little bit. And then what happens? I was like, wow. Like that black, that Batman type character. I can't remember. Yes. Remember. Yes. That was tight. I got to pull out my, uh, my hard covers and get, reacquaint myself. <laughs> Yeah, it was, ah, just well done. I I hope this opens the door. <clears throat> excuse me, opens the door for more animated comic stuff where this level of you know quality. Because well, imagine if they did. I wouldn't even be mad. They probably never do at this point. But if they did an animated version of Walking Dead, but it was strictly like the book. Like never say never. That would be so. <laughs> f- and they did it in black and white. Ah. Oh. Goodness. One thing about Kirkman, and this goes back to what we were saying earlier about genius, Kirkman is yeah, sitting on top of a multi-million dollar empire, and yet he's still involved. Yeah. He's yeah. still calling the shots. It work. Now, conversely, I had a chance to speak to Eric Larson, a creator of Savage Dragon, years ago, and I asked about the cartoon. He said, you know what, man? I just... License that out. I don't know what's going on. See, right there, there's a problem. Right there, we got a problem. If you aren't going to be overseeing your creation, then you lose all control over it. And this thing, Kirkman's in this from, you know, like everybody else. Yeah, well, I mean, I would say for Eric, if that's what Eric wants, though, if he doesn't want control of it, then that's not, no, I wouldn't say it's a problem. He, he's where he wants to be with it. Um, but you know, Kirkman is the guy, like you said, he's he's an artist, man. Like and his artistry is writing and creating shit. And he's the fact that it was so all these years later, and now it's we're getting an invincible TV series and is this quality. He's I mean, <laughs> he's one of the greats, man, of the comic world. He's one he's like the you know, of the later after the golden oh, age, yeah. he's one oh, of the, yeah. he's like that dude, man. I actually like him better as I'm thinking like of a Bendis and all. He, to me, he blows them all out, man. Like, Walking Dale well, was excellent. One, you know, this one of the excellent. things about, one of the things about Kirkman is, you know, and again, keeping him to the newer, you know, Cats' contemporaries. I don't know Bendis, so I'm not going to rip him, but Kirkman is a person who genuinely loves what he's doing. You know, he'd be doing this even if he wasn't making millions. He would still be doing this. Right. You know, and the first time I got to talk talk with him, uh, Walking Dead was not a TV series. It was not even in the pipeline of being a TV series. Uh, he was getting some, you know, a little bit of name out there, but he was just down-to-earth dude. It blows up. I sat with him after a few seasons of the show, and my first concern was, oh, he's not going to remember me. He's not going to take my call, blah, blah, blah. No. 
He's like, yeah, Mark, come on in. Let's hang out. Let's chop it up. And we put that up on, uh, on Geeked Out. And from that, you know, he and I maintained a, you know, a, a casual friendship, but his VP, dude, just like Kirkman, nicest guy you want to meet. Here's an example. Over on the Skybound page, they do a, a show every month where they talk about what's coming up and all that. And there were a couple of things that I thought, oh, I, I got to get these. And so I let him know. He's like, yeah, Mark, don't worry about it. I got you. And they're at my house three days later. Like, whoa. Now, again, I'm nobody in comics. I'm less than nobody. But they thought enough about me and our friendship to go ahead and, you know, do that. That was really cool, man. Just regular people, dude. Just regular dudes. Yeah, man. And they got the talent to, to back it up. Sure. They definitely got the sure. talent to work as like to back it up. Yeah, so definitely go check out Invincible. Uh, right now, the first three episodes are on there, and each one is like forty-five minutes or something like that. So get your money's worth. Yeah, you, yeah, you, you, you'll basically watch a little movie watching those first three, yeah. and I can't wait. I don't know. If it's, I think it's six episodes. I think I it's could, eight. Is it eight? Okay, good. Uh, this is yeah. This Amazon's got another one. I I just hope they advertise. I feel like I don't. Maybe I don't watch TV. But I just hope they let people know that this show is out there. This is really good shit. Like this is good stuff, man. And uh, speaking of, oh, go ahead. Do you have anything else to say on the Invincible? No, I was gonna say Amazon. You know, they'll get it out there because again, when Walking Dead came out, you and I knew about it, and then it just its own quality carried the way. Yeah, well, I, I, I said that with Amazon because Amazon has got some pre, some good shows, but I, I feel like sometimes even like the boys, <laughs> it should be bigger yeah. in, in my mind. Even uh, there's the Jack Ryan show, that show was excellent to me, but I don't think it really got the push like you see some of these other shows. Um, yeah, I agree. With I that. feel like they just have some great content that it, obviously they got a lot of stuff going on, on Amazon, but um, I hope they just really push this out there. Um, speaking of other great stuff, like I said, we are living at a time now where it's just comic book heaven. Yes. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, before we get to Falcon Winter Soldier, um, just to go back to Justice League, Zack Snyder's Justice League one more time, they have, uh, now they have released a black and white version <laughs> of the movie. Uh, now, is that on HBO Max? I can't, I can't find that. Yeah, you may have to search for it, but it's definitely on there. Uh, it's called Justice is Gray. And it's the entire movie, but just done in black and white. And I believe that is symbolically kind of ties into all these years that Zach had his copy of the movie. It was a black and white version on his laptop. So he was like, yeah, I want to put it out so y'all can see it the way I saw it all these years. I watched a little bit of it like that. Um, it's interesting, you know, artistically to look at it that way. I, the color part, though, I just I have to watch it in color, but I could see, I thought, you know what, this is cool that this exists, you know. Um, there were a couple other black and white movies. Uh, Logan, there's a black and white version of Logan, the Wolverine movie, and there's also a black and white version of Mad Max. Uh, I think it's called Chrome and Black. And I, I dig that these guys, these artists, want to show it that way. I can understand where they're coming from. You know, I'm a big fan of uh, Seven Samurai, it's a great black and white samurai movie, and it looks really cool. And to see superheroes in the costumes in black and white, is it's cool. I, I can't watch the whole movie like that, but I was like, I dig this. I'm glad that we live in a world that even cares enough to put this shit out like that. Um, so that, I just thought that was great. 
Um, and I've God, I've seen Justice League probably three times now. The new one? Yeah, yeah. And I watch, <laughs> I watch like bits and pieces of it like every day. It's too long to just sit there and watch, but I'll okay. watch like, you know, I was like, I'll turn it on. Like, okay, I'm going to watch this part. And I'm just sitting there. I was like, damn, I'll fucking sit here and watch this. I got to go do some other shit. But I, I love that it's just there. Like, I can watch it whenever I want. There's so many cool little parts in it. Uh, it's just a, it's an interesting piece of work. I salute to Zack Snyder for that. Um, but yeah, so we got that. Um, but the other one we want to get into is the Falcon and Winter Soldier episode two. Drop this week in May. <laughs> They keep turning the heat up. I love it. This was a great. I love this episode better than the first one. This is. You know, they got into it, you know, and these are actually, in my opinion, mini movies. Yeah. They really are. Yeah. Now, are we spoiling? Because let's just get into this. Yeah, we can get into this one. I would just say this is what, when I thought of Marvel was going to be doing TV shows. This is what I thought they were supposed to be, and I'm glad they delivered. I, hands down, I watched this episode twice. I, I haven't watched any of the Marvel shows more than a passing glance. This, I, was, I watched it twice, loved it, but I'll let you take this one quick. Go ahead. All right, this is the second part of the Falcon Winter Soldier. And it, like the first episode, starts off busting heads. <laughs> it really did, really did. And God, the action sequences. The fighting of the super of the alleged, I'm using that word right purposely, of their super super soldiers ah, that we saw at the end of, I believe, Winter Soldier, or we mm. saw mentioned in Winter Soldier. Well, they're running around now, and we've been introduced to some new characters. We have a new Captain America in the building. He's got his own partner. I'm using this in quotes, Battlestar. <laughs> but we also met. The first Captain America. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, this is getting deep. (laughs) This is getting deep now. You know, um, one of the things, talking about uh, our new Captain America, he is John Walker. Uh, In the books, he was introduced, and I looked this up to make sure on the number, in issue 327, he was calling himself Super Patriot. Cap had beef with the government, and eventually Cap said, you know what? I'm out. He stopped being Captain America. Walker gets the shot, and Walker brings his buddy Lamar, who is, again, Battlestar, uh, into the fold. And the, the funny thing is, is when they introduce themselves to Sam and and Bucky, he's like, you're on Battlestar. And the look on Bucky's face was like, <laughs> What? Fuck out of here, man. Yeah. Stop this. She's like, stop this Jeep. Fuck stop out the Jeep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because Bucky has like no nonsense to him with this shit. He's like, I'm not having this. And he was telling Sam from day one, don't do it. Don't give him the shield. Don't give him the shield. And now look what happened. And Sam's like, oh, damn it. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and there was a great opening sequence when. They run into the enhanced people out there stealing medical supplies, and they have the fight scene on the two semi trucks. Mm. And my boys, my boys got handled. I got, I got, I have to own that. They got handled a little bit. 
Then the new Captain America jumps in. Now he's got some skills. Yeah, he does. I'll give him that. He's got some skills. <laughs> you know, Battlestar, yeah, not so much. But you know, they're still new at this. And and the thing is, the they supposedly have no enhancements. That's what's tr- kind of tripping. See, I, I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that because in the books they do. Oh, but really? If they don't. Oh, yeah. These guys are jacked up in the books. Now, yeah. if you want, <laughs> um, during the show, someone made a reference to someone called the Power Broker. Yeah, what was that about? All right, it's spoiling time. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, back in the mid-'80s, uh, and trust me, this will all make sense. Back in the mid-'80s, uh, Fantastic Four founding member of The Thing broke off into his own book called The Thing. At one point, there was a storyline where he was an unlimited class pro wrestler. Mm-hmm. And that introduced us to a lot of characters like uh, Demolition. Is it Demolition Man? Yeah. Before the film, there was no Demolition Man. And all these wrestlers were standing in the ring going toe-to-toe with the thing. He's like, wait a minute, something's going on here. Mm-hmm. There was a guy behind the scenes, Professor Malice, also known as the Power Broker. He's the one in the books who jacked up Walker and Lamar. You know, got mm-hmm. them all ripped and ready to run. So at some point, we may see him as well. Now, my premise and my supposition is these guys are not, that, the, that they're dealing with, are not quote-unquote super soldiers. No. These are cats from the power broker, which is malice, whole different deal. They'll find that out the hard way. Wow, Okay. <clears throat> Um, well, I would say that the new Captain America dude—it's like not likable. Yeah, you, you don't want to like him, but I have to—I I give him props. I mean, he's putting in work, and just the, the resume they say about him—he seems like he's a stand-up dude. You know, I haven't really seen anything bad about him yet, in my opinion. Like, the, you you want to hate him, but I haven't seen him do or say anything where I'm like, he, there's something wrong with him. I assume there must be, but. Oh, so he's far, nice. he's been putting in work so far. But yeah, I kind of remember from the comic, he does start to go crazy or something or something happens. I mean, he went nuts in West Coast Avengers 2 at one point. Oh, yeah, he's, he, yeah, okay. he's nuts. But and the thing is, though, again, he, initially he does look like he's trying to put in the work and right. you know be that dude. But at the same time, near the end, he told Bucky, hey, stay out of my damn way. Oh, it's right. like that? Right, okay. right. Yeah, that was kind of... That was kind of great. I wish I was one. I thought they was going to say, and if I don't, what's going to happen? Yeah, Bucky's like, oh, whip your ass, man. You better fall back. Speaking of ass whippings and stuff, let's go back to <laughs> <laughs> the original Captain America dude, man. What was his name again? Uh, uh, Isaiah. Isaiah. I remember. I want to say Isaiah Bradley, but don't quote me on that. That does sound like it might be. I remember hearing before this show came out, that that character was going to be in this. See, I never heard that. Oh yeah, that was they had, they had that was a rumor, and I was like, if they put him in, then they have to address him. Like they can't just mm-hmm. throw that character in. So first, I was going to say, I hope that they have a flashback episode strictly on him. That I think that would be awesome to see him when he first you know gets it and the stuff, some of the stuff he went through. I think that would be a great episode. Uh, Two. It just helps flesh out the MCU to make it even more deeper to me. Like, I agree. They never agree. had this type of stuff in the movie aside from the chords and stuff with Tony and stuff. But this, 
This is fascinating. I, I hope that this has sort of vibrations to some of the other stories as we continue on. But I, I can't wait to see, because there's a reason why they brought him into the show. And he kind of was, obviously he was very, you know, bitter and angry uh, and you've been through some shit. But I want to see why he feels like that. And I want him to have some more stuff going on. But I just thought that whole scene where they go to see him and Bucky knows him. He's like, oh, we met before. Like, oh, shit, if you mean me beating your ass, was that something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we met, motherfucker. <laughs> I took your arm off. And I was like, Damn. like If they do a flashback to that, that would be the shit. Like the Winter Soldier getting his ass handed to him. Ah, man, so they just opened so many doors they could go down with this i just can't wait to see more um i was the nitpicking things i'm curious to like who who does bucky and falcon answer to I, it seems like they're just running around doing whatever the hell they want to do but i'm like they where are they getting the resources and uh, are they in the well, military or what's well, the falcon is an avenger and he's also in the military bucky is under military jurisdiction but i don't think he's an avenger yeah, just I only ask that because when you look at Captain America and the Battle Star guy, they obviously are you know they work for the government. But I, I'm curious, where does all of this fall with Shield or Sword, and who's in charge of what? You know, I mean, I don't know if they're going to go into that. I don't know if I'm uh, asking too. They much. have to at some point because you know Falcon and you know Winter Soldier, who I think they're going to start calling White Wolf now. Because <laughs> he did mention it, you know, in that episode yeah, again. Yeah, funny. You know, uh, they may do that, but these guys are, you know, operating independent. And if they're going to be going up against, you know, Cap, uh, I'm not calling that. <laughs> going up against John Walker and a uh, Lamar. That's what I'm calling. You know, and they're and those guys are actually government sanctioned. We're going to have a problem. You yeah, know, we're going to have a yeah. problem at some point. Yeah, I can't wait to see what that is. It's. Uh, what, what it comes to a head to and I'm I mean I'd be curious if I, I want to see if uh, Falcon is going to try to reclaim the shield man like I'm all into this one this one's good nah, yeah, they got me <laughs> I can't wait for Friday that's just like because uh. yeah, Bucky got in his kitchen so look man Cap wanted you to have it yeah you know damn that you were supposed to have this and you gave it away yeah you know, he had that coming yeah, and I love their characters. Like I didn't, I didn't not like their characters before. Now I feel like, shit, these are top tier characters to me right now. Yeah, so you know, I'm just like, yes. God, you really get to kind of. And I just want to keep learning more about uh, Winter Soldier. I think their chemistry together was this was great. I, I, here's where I really kind of like, okay, it's just beyond just one little one liners. It felt like they really had some sort of chemistry together the stuff they were saying between each other. I, I just really enjoyed it, man. They, I thought they nailed it. Um, just absolutely uh, nailed it. Um, there was something else I was going to mention. Um, ah, can't even remember. <laughs> well, the more, the more I watch it, the more I see Anthony Mackie as a lead actor, too. Yes. He, he yeah, really definitely. has good presence. He definitely. really does. Yeah. Oh, and I was going to mention uh, the, the John Walker character, it's interesting the people that they framed him around when you first saw them. And I wonder if they uh -huh. did this on purpose. Uh-huh. Uh, I he saw had, that. Yeah, they has the... So first, the girlfriend was black girlfriend. And she was trying fine, to pump, yeah, pump him up and get him ready. That didn't work. They brought in his best friend who was a black man. And he 
kind of, I'm not saying this in a bad way. I'm a conspiracy theory. He kind of played the magic Negro to him, but I I think they did that on purpose. And then I say it's on purpose because they had him come out to which would be a traditionally sort of black college band yeah. type thing. Yeah. And I don't think they just did that nilly nally. Like I was like, eh, it's almost like they're pounding you in the head in a very slick way, trying to push something to you. Like here's this white guy is a black guy who passed it down to him. He was supposed to be the one who had it. He gave it up. This white guy gets it. And then you surround him with these black people trying to push him out to be like, you're the great one. And, and I only say that I think is on purpose because I, they made a point to tell us in these interviews that this a predominantly black writing room that's writing this show. <laughs> so I'm very curious. I, I think they got some stuff in store for us with this series, which we have not seen from Marvel on this level. And I'm very intrigued uh, to see what, what they're doing here. But so far, I, I, I think they're doing a great job. This this is good stuff here. Um, yeah, any other last great show? Any other it's things? A great show? show. Okay. Yeah, you know, definitely uh, watch it. Uh, action packed. The like I said the action was great. I was like, this is a TV show. This this is a movie level <laughs> special effects and action. <laughs> I was like the best Falcon I've seen yet. Yeah. Um, they, yeah they were getting washed. I, I had a little problem. Yeah, they got handled. Like, are, like, y'all supposed to be Avengers? <laughs> and y'all letting these little hoodlums with special punching power knock y'all? I was like, ah, we, we, yeah, we, I, we, I don't know if we would have made the end game if y'all fighting like this. <laughs> yeah, because on the when when Bucky was in the thing with, with the young girl, she wore his ass out. Yeah, man. And here comes <laughs> Sam. Dude, she kicked your ass. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what happened to the people that was Wakanda forever? And it was on the battlefields of Wakanda getting it in. Like, they was monsters and all kind of shit back they then. Y'all was getting handled, man. <laughs> Go back for some more training. I like Steve Rogers would be disgraced. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling him now. Steve was coming back. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it's on capacity. And hopefully he'll come back and beat the living shit out of Johnny Walker. You think he's going to be in this this series? No. Oh, okay. No. They wouldn't shoot that on free TV. No way. <laughs> no, we want money for that one. That would be, well, that would be the Luke Skywalker equivalent, like on Mandalorian, if, if yeah. Steve came back on the screen. Like, whoa. <laughs> but uh, yeah, good stuff. Falcon Winter Soldier. All right. So yeah, man, that's... And it's, it's, uh, that came out Friday, and Invincible came out Friday. I mean, imagine that. It's yeah. like before they would keep all this stuff very separate from each other, but now it's like these people can handle it. You know, give them, they, give them what they want. Um, and I haven't even – I got to go back. I, I fell off the wagon on Superman and Lois. But I oh, didn't watch it this week. God damn it. Yeah, I've only seen the first two episodes. So I got I've it. seen all of them except for this week's. Okay. Yeah, I want to get back in that. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, the ones I don't watch, I think The Flash is back on, but I don't watch right. that one. Um, you know, this is the only DC one I watch. I don't watch any of those other things. Flash, uh, Arrow, Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow. I don't watch any of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't either. Um, but yeah, there's there's some great stuff out there. Uh, so yeah, like I said, man, what what a time to be alive. <laughs> We're yep. just seeing high so, high watermark stuff, man. 
Sony's are getting DC's animation ear and say, look, hey, Skybound squeezing you, kiddo. We're to kick ass or else. <laughs> yeah, they keep cranking them out. I think they, their newest one, I think it's going to be, is it World War II Justice League or something like that? Or, or it's something World War II, I think. They keep cranking them out. I give them that. I didn't much. see the last one, the last Superman one. Or was it Superman? It was uh, like set in the, no, it was Batman. It was set in the 70s or something like that. Oh, uh, yeah. I didn't watch that one either. It was that like kung yeah, fu type stuff. That, that looked whack. Yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't dig that one either. I, last ones that I watched, I bought actually Superman. The last Superman one, I actually had bought that one. I can't think of what his title. And Justice League Dark War or something like that. I had bought that one as well. See, one thing that DC does that I don't like is they change it from the book. Just tell the damn yeah, story. Yeah. And they yeah, don't have to. One of the better ones. Yeah, they don't have to change it either. No, one of the better ones was the uh, New Frontier one, which was like taken directly from the book, which mm. was great. But they had a, a huge opportunity with Teen Titans and the Judas contract, and they fuck it up. Okay. Like, guys, you're going to do it. Do it, man. Do it right. Tell the story. But we don't want to, pussies. Same thing with Flashpoint. They could have really done something with Flashpoint. They fuck it up. Mm. The only one that I really like and I think is faithful enough was the uh the Dark Knight. The, the Dark yeah. Knight one. That that's the yeah. one I had bought that one. The, the two movies. I thought that they I wish the animation was a little better, but I liked it. I, I, I do like that one. Which was going back to Justice League real quick. I I didn't see it at the time. I had to see it online. But the at the end when they show Batman on that tank, you know when he's on his tank from the Dark Knight book. Yeah, yeah. There's mutants on the ground apprehended, like sitting in a circle down there. I just was like, man, <laughs> if they would have showed a scene of Batman fighting a mutant dude in the mud. I, my head would have blew up. You know? I was just like, God. Little details like that always freaked me out. I was like, damn, man. That would be an awesome movie, though. <laughs> Batman in the mud fighting some big hulking mutant dude, and he's beating the crap out of Batman. Uh, that would be a movie. That, that would be some Zack shit. I could see Zack doing that. That would be nuts. But anyway, um... Man, that's all I had. Oh, you know, I wanted to mention there was a movie that Aunt Pooh suggested. I watched it last night. Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> what is this movie? Oh, here. What the? Vib- vibranium? Vibranium, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Aunt Pooh. <laughs> <laughs> now, I will say it's a very, it, it's, it's uh, the premise of, of what it is, very interesting. It, essentially, Jesse Eisenberg and this other lady, is his girlfriend somehow they they want to look at a house or something or some development so they go to like this real estate office thing and right when they walk in the the real estate agent guy is super weird i was already like something's weird about this and they end up they kind of humor him to go look at this property they're like ah sure whatever let's get it over with and so they follow him driving way out and they finally get to this property and every house is the, exactly the same. You know, it's like this super suburban. But I mean, everything to the detail is the same. Paint color, same grass. 
just cookie cutter and there's blocks and blocks of this, right? So the guy takes him inside the house and he's like, oh, look at this room. And he's just real weird. I you already know something's up with him. Like almost like this dude might not even be human or something. It just seemed weird. And he's having him walk around the house and he takes him to the backyard and then he just disappears. He leaves. And when they come back in the house, they can't find him. They go back out on the street to their car and they notice his car is gone. He left. So they're like, well, cool. Let's just get out of here. So they get in their car and start driving. And they're like, oh, yeah, is it down the street? Yeah, yeah, turn right here. And basically, every turn they make or every, everything exactly the same, so it's hard to tell where you're going. But the only difference is the house that they went to was house number nine. It had a nine in the door. But every time they come back around the corners or something, it's like, oh, there's number nine. Did we just go in a circle or something? And they're getting frustrated, so the, you know, the dude takes over driving, and they basically drive to the point where they ain't got no more gas in the car, and it's nighttime. Damn. And they're still stuck in this suburban neighborhood. And they, their car went out, and they were on door number nine. Now it's on the other side of the street, but it's the same apartment, or same house. So they go back inside. There's nothing else they can do. And eventually... Uh, they come out, I think the next morning or something, there's a box in the street or something. And they open the box and it's like uh, utensils and just incidental items that you would need, like some food prepackaged and toothbrushes, all this kind of shit. And they're like, what the fuck? Who put this? You know, they're screaming out for somebody. And there's nobody in any of their houses. There's no planes flying overhead. It's just total silence. And uh, they're getting frustrated. They're like freaking out a little bit. Like, what is going on? Like, we can't. And then he's like, you know what? We're just going to follow the sun. We'll cut across all these backyards until we walk out of here. So they do that. They just keep walking and jump over one yard and keep going and keep going. And finally, it's at nighttime. And they're exhausted. And they're like, oh, this house has the light on. And they jump in that backyard. It's the same house they just left earlier. (laughs) Number nine. And they're just like, like, whoa. And then there's another box outside. So they go and look in the box. And this time there's a baby in the box. And it says, it says there's a note that says, if you raise him, then you can leave or something like that. And I'm like, what in the fuck? Well, how can they raise a baby if they can't get groceries and stuff? Well, so they keep dropping off boxes. Of st- you know, every day there's a box or something of the shit that they need. And without going too deep into to the point where it's only like a couple of months, maybe a couple of three months. And that boy went from being a little baby to being like eight or nine years old. Whoa. So something's going on. Right. And here's where I'm like, boy, this was a black family. <laughs> I don't or these are some black people. I don't think they, it, this movie would have been over because the little boy one, they know he's something weird with this kid. And so he would just kind of mimic what they say. And he really was just like staring at them all the time. And he just, and his voice sounds crazy. Like, that's hard for me to describe. It's like a kid's voice with a man's voice. And, a, and a, it's, it's, it's a scary type of voice to me. And he'll just start screaming. Like, if he wants something to eat, he'll just, ah! I'm like high pitched screaming, like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> and I was like, I, oh, I wouldn't be able to put up with it. Like, you know, they're just, and he'll screaming and then he'll go quiet and then he'll, he'll verbatim 
repeat what they say in the same cadence that they say it, like almost as if he's mocking them, but he's, I guess that's the only way he can compute. He just repeats what they say and he'll start repeating conversations that they had earlier in both sides of it. And I'm like, this shit is spooky. Like this little boy, like the devil or something. I mean, he was, he wasn't an evil boy, but he was just like, he was out of control and they didn't, you know, they just, they don't want nothing to do with him. And it's just like, the boy would just sit at the table. And, yeah! <laughs> I was like, man, I ought to be, I was like, listen, you don't shut the hell. <laughs> I already know. They, like I said, whoever's the puppet masters, they would have had to come and get me because I would have beat the brakes off that. I was like, I'm going to give you something to cry about. Y'all going to have to come and get me up out of here because somebody ain't going to make it. And, and honey child, it ain't going to be. <laughs> that little boy was so out of pocket, man. <laughs> That's all I'll say about that movie. And that movie was some bullshit at the end. It, it ended up being some old bullshit, but it was some Twilight Zone. Fuck you, brain fuck. I don't understand the point of the movie. But it was some wild shit. That's all I was say. I, I don't know about this one, and I mean, it was interesting to watch, but the ending and all that, eh, there was no point to it. Oh, the ending was bullshit? They didn't stick to landing? I mean, it... The bad... The, you know, the whatever this situation was, the situation wins. I just say it that way. The, the people don't ever get out of that. They get out of it, but not the way you think. And it's just like, what was the point of this? And I guess it was just some weird alien. I don't know. It's a weird movie. It's a weird movie. It, it, it had the making of being very, it could have been very good, but I think they didn't have an ending for it. There was no, they didn't get out of it. So it was just like, okay. It was one of those types of endings. I was like, ah, shit, I, you could have told me that earlier on. I wouldn't have to sit through all of this shit then because it was kind of pointless. Like, you know. But it's it's a it's one of those movies. It's kind of I would say it was almost like an art house kind of stuff trying to be a too smart, where it's not fun anymore. It's a very interesting premise, but I don't think they they didn't know where they were gonna go with it. So it's just like eh, okay. But Jesse Eisenberg, he was he was good in this. He he's not he didn't play. I'm so used to seeing him as either Lex Luthor or a Facebook dude. So it was interesting to see him not play these sort of trope that he always plays that sort of nerd type dude he, he he wasn't doing that here so he could be in more stuff and play more straight roles um, and i believed him in this but you know it was cool it was, a, it was a little side movie it's on amazon prime so but well, uh, yeah it was i think i'm gonna keep my two hours on that one <laughs> <laughs> if you're a sci-fi you know who would love this um uh, my man Jace. Is it Jace? Yeah. He he would Jace he could appreciate this. He he might he, he could be like, okay. I think he he this is I would recommend he watches this actually. Um, but yeah, man. Uh that's all that I had. Let's see if anything new happened while we were recording. Let's see. Da, 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 da. I feel like there was something I wanted to bring up um I can't remember now. Oh, well. Well, yeah, man, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I got for ya.
But definitely check out Invincible. Check out the Falcon Winter Soldier. Another great one. Oh, uh, the last one. Did you see the trailer for the Suicide Squad? Yes, I did. <clears throat> yes, I did. What'd you think? Um, I like Idris Elba being Bloodshot. Is it Bloodshot? Or Bloodsport. 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 But, you know, I'm tired of Harley Quinn. I just am. <laughs> you know, and this is Suicide Squad. Somebody's got to go. You know, and also they've got um, Pete Davidson in it, and I hate him. Hopefully his character gets killed. Who, who is they Pete also have John Cena in it, but, you know, I'm not, I'm not excited about it. Honestly. Which one I, is Pete Davis? Pete Davidson, the little scrawny, torpy guy. He used to be on Saturday Night Live for like a minute. Oh, okay. I know what you're talking about. Him. I don't like him. Hmm. They got again, I'm tired of Harley Quinn. Tired of it. I, th- I believe the that shark dude, I think that's uh, Sylvester Stallone. It is? Doing the voice, yeah. All right, rock. Yeah, that should be interesting. <laughs> but again, I don't have high hopes because I saw the first Suicide Squad. Yeah. Then I saw that Birds of Prey nonsense. Oh. Uh, yeah, that was terrible. That's two hours I won't get back. So, I'm, I'm again, I'm, an, I'm a huge Elba fan, but I don't know about this one. Well, this one, you know, this is uh, James Gunn, uh, and to, to me, looking at this, this just looks like another uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. To me, it had yeah. the same sort of beats to it, which I guess is his style. Um, so, I, you know, hopefully it's good. Um, it looks like, uh, obviously, they're really leaning into the R rating. Um, it has the they same tropes of the, you know, they have the play the, play the song, the music, and uh, you know, they have this sort of jokes and stuff and it's super action. So it sounds like it's going to be the James Gunn wheelbarrow. Um, so I'll, I'll check it out. Well, it's going to be free on HBO. So, of course, I'm going to watch it. But I'm curious to see what they do. Hopefully it's hopefully it's better than the the first one, which you ain't got to do too much to be better than that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> true. But I do like. I mean, the only casting that they really nailed is Amanda Waller. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, that's, you know, I, it probably won't happen, but I, I just wish that they would have, we got to see the original version of that first one. Mm. I just think that that was probably a very interesting movie. Um, I, I do, there's parts about that first one I like, little little scenes, you know. Um, I really like when Batman was was in it and, and Bruce Wayne at the end, he was talking to Amanda. He's like, you know, get get your, get these people together. Don't let me have to get them together with my people. <laughs> I was like, that's what I want to see. Like Batman threatening Amanda Weller. And then she's but they stole back. that from the, from the cartoon. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, because I see in the cartoon, they did it right. When, they, when she rolled up on him, she's like, I know who you are, playboy. <laughs> and he's like, what? <laughs> yeah, 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 man. I almost wish, just going back, I wonder if they tried to, if they would have had Harley Quinn and the nightmare scene, that would have been kind of interesting. Well, that'd be cool. If she'd been too much, though, probably. But uh, yeah, Suicide Squad coming out, couple, uh, I think in August. I that say. far out? I think. Mm. I 
Suicide Squad 2 is, yeah, August 6th. So, yeah, there we go. All right, well, we're about to get up out of here, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you had a good time listening to us. Big Sexy and Sack, where can they find you online? Same usual haunts. Twitter, WSE Mark. Facebook, Mark Wiggins. And Instagram, Mark Wiggins. Two. All right, check us out here. We actually have our own uh, YouTube channel now, uh, Podcast Juice. So we'll make sure to put the links to that. We want everyone to uh, like and subscribe to that. And with that, work it like a job. We'll see you next time. Peace.